What's up, people? Welcome back to Pod Central. I'm your host, Coach Chris. Today we have Kayla Wells. We're gonna get into podcast websites and what makes them good, what makes them bad, all the stuff, what it should cost, all of that good stuff. Before we get into your personal background, Kayla, I want you to tell me what's something you hate about most podcast websites. One thing I hate about most podcast websites, to be perfectly honest, I have a problem with pretty but non-functional podcast websites. I hate, I absolutely hate going to a podcast website. And I see this all the time where you have one page for your whole podcast, not linking to other blog posts and stuff like that. Literally, like this is the page where all of the podcasts are. You will see where it's got like little mini timestamps and stuff and everything's on one page. And it's just, it's doing a disservice to everything about your website and everything about your podcast as a whole. And it just drives me crazy. I keep seeing it. It's like they, it's like a catalog of yeah. episodes without actually having a place to go and view. It's weird. It's lazy in my opinion. I think some people set that up because it's like the easy route, but yeah. I will agree. That's like not a good one because it just, I need to be able to break down the content. Cause for me, when I look for podcasts, I search like for keywords. And right. if I want to learn something specific, I want to find that episode and click the link and go to the whole blog post for that episode by itself. If I'm on your page where it's 20 websites at a time, 20 episodes at a time, I click play on this one and then it plays. But then let's say I'm trying to scroll and I want to read more about it. or I'm trying to click a link you put in the show notes. I can't get to that now. Another episode plays and now I've lost it. That has happened to me a lot and it's really annoying. It is. It's extremely annoying. And it's not doing anybody a service, it's not doing your listener a service. It's also not doing you a service because you've officially reduced your efficacy of backlinks. You no longer have the ability to really hone in on keywords for each episode and each topic because they don't have their own pages to go to. So it's not indexing separately. You now just have this page that's got this hodgepodge that Google doesn't know what to do with. It's terrible. Yeah, I was going to say SEO probably hurts there too, because Absolutely. you can't dominate a keyword if you set your website up that way. Like It's just because you need more posts to start ranking and be relevant and show up. But if you have just one long page, that's one long post. Exactly. And I just, I think it's such a short-term solution. Now I will say, if you're a podcaster listening to this, we're not trying to attack you. I want to say that, but it's <laughs> no. something that if you have this as a problem, it's something you want to fix so that you can actually use SEO to grow your show and stuff. Yes, absolutely. And it's one thing to start there, but if you're going to, if you're going to start with no podcast website, like if you're really not looking at your website as being the place you want to send people, you're just not there yet, then use the website that your podcast host provides for you. Almost all of them provide you the option of a, of a website Use that initially, and then when you're ready, just redirect everything back to your appropriate site and make sure you have everything set up properly over there. Because then you do have one place for it. You've already got access to it. You're already paying for it. And then when you're ready and you're able to move over into the big leagues, create that actual website that's going to work for you. I love that. I love it. And I don't think people should stay on the initial podcast website too long from the hosting no. provider. And I know that a lot of them will sell you on it, but I don't think all of them are all that great. Most of them, in fact, are not that great because if you can't add another page to it, if they won't let you have separate pages for each episode, it's really limiting what you can do in terms of your website. 
But there are some who have like great automations. You can do a lot of different designs. They have a lot of templates. Like some platforms do a really good job, but like Lipson, who's like the industry leader, your podcast website on Lipson is going to be very simple. Like you're not getting a lot of customization. <laughs> no, you're really not. <laughs> you're really not. And additionally, you, you're losing your SEO ranking in that way because say, and not that I think Libsyn's going anywhere, but say you're on a newer host and they suddenly go out of business or they change, they sell and they're selling all of that, that their initial links and everything. It's like that whole conversation about having your email list versus only marketing on social media. Mm -hmm. You're losing your like platform if something happens to your host. That doesn't happen if you have your own website that you're maintaining yourself. So that's the other thing to consider as well. I would honestly say that if you're hitting anywhere between 25 and like 30 episodes, you really should be looking at your own website at that point. You should have your own. You're really established at that point. You've got yourself going. You're in a rhythm. You don't hit 30 episodes without having a rhythm and wanting to keep going unless the goal for your podcast is not to keep going. Cause I do have, I've had clients that are like, no, I want this many episodes and that's it. This is how I'm using it. As long as you've got a purpose, that's great. But you're, if you're going to keep going past that 30 episode mark, you need to have your own website. They need to have their own pages and you need to be building your backlinks and building your SEO. I agree. I agree. Especially if you have the business attached. If you if you have a company and you're trying to build a brand, you just miss out on so much in terms of connecting with your audience if you don't have a website. So one thing I couldn't wait to ask you is where do you rank the podcast website in terms of importance? We know the logo is important. High quality audio is important. We know videos now become more important. So where do you rank websites in that? It's one of those, everything's important. No, it really, honestly, as you get going, everything does become important. I think in the, in the very beginning, if you're just trying to get it launched, I would say it's way further down. In fact, I would almost rank getting, starting an email list for your podcast as almost more important, but you know how it's easier to do that when you have a website. So I will say, because having an email list to go along with your podcast really helps with building that audience and building that loyal following, having a place where you can give them more and let them know about things. I really do think that almost ranks higher, but it's there. Again, if you're getting into that, if you started your podcast and you realize you absolutely love it and you love having those conversations and you're driven to keep podcasting, because I will say in the last few years, a lot of people have started podcasts thinking, oh, it's a great idea. And then they realize they're not podcasters. And you find that out really fast. Yeah, real quick. This is, <laughs> you find out real fast whether or not podcasting is really your bag. And if you've gotten to the point where you're like, nope, this is it. I'm all in. This is what I like to do. Your website has now become officially like number one. Beyond your, you've already established your logo. You've already gotten it started. Because that's the other piece. If You'll never know if you're a podcaster if you don't start. So you have to get started. Once you've gotten started and you realize it's your thing, your website has now become your number one most important thing to do. I agree. I agree. Getting that website going is something that I think should be done between your third and like fifth month. Like once yeah. you've committed, you put the work in, you started making progress. At that point, you should say, okay, I'm taking this serious now. I'm committed now you start putting in work on the website. So now that we're talking about that point, what is your suggestion for building that website? Should somebody go to WordPress? 
Do they have to pay some developer? What about Squarespace or Wix? Which one of these platforms do you believe is the best? Honestly, I when you're starting with a podcast, I, with your podcast website, I feel like the minimum viable product to start with is perfectly fine. Now, I will say if you already have a business website, like if you already have a website available, you just didn't have the resources to put into building out the podcast page on it, wherever you're currently hosting your website is perfectly fine. That being said, I have my personal favorites and WordPress is at the top. Squarespace, Squarespace is like slightly under that. And then beyond that, I'm like, eh, not really sure how I feel about that. I do not think that you need to hire initially a web developer because when it comes down to it, minimal viable product, make sure it's out, make sure you have those pages because you can always optimize existing pages. You can always rebrand that can always happen, right? Like you can always, if it, if you've got all your branding right for your podcast and you're like, I just need to have a place for it to go. Don't let having it look the most beautiful stop you from getting those pages created. Because when it comes down to it, you can always come back and make them look prettier as long as they exist. So I personally prefer WordPress. And the reason I love WordPress is because it's so adaptable and when done right, you really can create anything. If you decide today, my podcast is about X and then tomorrow you're like, granted, do not change your mind day after day. That becomes a problem for your <laughs> listeners. But tomorrow you're like, oh no, my entire business has changed. My audience remains the same, but my business has changed and I'm rebranding. Then WordPress makes it really easy to go in and make those changes and they become uniform across your site. And you don't have to, you don't have to put in as much work once it's all set up. Plus it's way easier to get all, hit all your SEO points and things like that on WordPress. So I'm going to, I'm a big WordPress person, but I have a lot of people who love Squarespace because it's so easy to design on. Yeah. That's why Squarespace, they get a high ranking because it's easy. That's what yes. gets them that ranking. Like you're going to get maybe let's say 20 hours to set up your website there. And that's to make it look really good. Yeah. Right? Whereas I've seen some people say WordPress is difficult. I think it comes down to the theme you get. If you yes. get the right theme on WordPress and you get a couple of good plugins, you can make that thing perfect. It could be amazing. But with Squarespace, you don't need all of that. And I want to mention this too. If you're a podcaster listening to this and you're thinking about how much does this cost? I would say the website is one of those things that number one is not expensive. It's not crazy expensive. You're not going to spend $10,000. You could, but you don't have to. You trust me, you don't. Most of the podcast websites I've seen that cost thousands of dollars are not good. So it's not super expensive. And you have to be comfortable with this investment for your website because Kayla said, it's something that you have forever. It stands the test of time. Every year you just keep buying a domain. Like that's it. Like, yeah. You and you, do, you do have to pay for your hosting. The hosting, I think, is the most expensive part of having a website beyond your don't your domain's pretty cheap, but your hosting can be two to four hundred dollars every year to two years, depending on where you're hosting from. So that's the other piece of that. But the actual design of your website doesn't need to be thousands and thousands of dollars. I fully agree with you. The websites I've seen that I've had the most money put into them are usually the least functional. They look beautiful. They look yeah. beautiful, but they're impossible to update. And there's so much ex like specific coding and things like that. They look amazing, but they're so hard to work with. No, I agree with you. It does not have to be super expensive. So, and I think that 
this kind of ties into my issue with podcasters is not wanting to put in the money. Like you as a podcast host gotta be willing to put in the money, whether it's 50 bucks or a hundred bucks a month. Again, with a website, 200 a year is not that bad because you pay that once and you're good for an entire year. Now, if it was 200 a month, we have a conversation about that, but yeah. 200 a year is great because having that website puts you in a position in my opinion, to be more professional. I think you it's easier to get sponsors. It's easier to close deals if you have a business. It's easier to sell products. Everything becomes easier when you have a website. So you can't skip over and say, Instagram is our website. Like you're not a model. Like you're a podcaster. So we got to move a little different. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, and maybe you are a model, but either way, that is not where people are trying to come and buy things from you. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. When it comes to the podcast websites, what are some things that people have to have? What's a mandatory thing they just got to have on their website or it's not good? You need to have a podcast landing page with whatever at the top of your menu bar showing that's your podcast page. Don't get cutesy with it. Let them know that's your podcast. It needs to be in the menu. They should be able to click on it. There should be where they can go to all of your blog posts of your episodes and all of those images that are on there, if you have blog post images and stuff, they all need alt text. All those alt texts need to have your keywords in them. Like you, step one, make it easy to get to. And step two, you need to make sure that landing page has like your main player so that if people want to, they can subscribe right there to your show. They don't need to go into a blog post to, to subscribe to your show. There do needs, there do needs. There does need to be a way for people to subscribe and on their preferred player right there on that first page. And then beyond that, they need to be able to click into your actual blog posts where you have additional SEO and things like that. But really, it, if you think about it, that's a page and some posts and making sure that it's right there in your menu that you've got that podcast location to go to. That's all that it really has to be. Now, I recommend having a link shortener, like a, if you're using a WordPress, having a pretty link or something one. like that so that you can easily promo and you can keep your, because this is what people forget. You need your keyword for your episodes to be in your slug, but that makes your slug really long. And the slug is the back end of your, your episode link. Yep. So if you have a little, what if you have a link shortener, something like a pretty links or something like that, you can make it really easy to promo while keeping all of your keyword and SEO integrity all right there on your page. And I love the breakdown you just did for some of the SEO stuff. I don't think podcasters are aware of the power of it. I started dominating the keyword personal branding years ago. I had a podcast called the Personal Branding Playbook. I got to interview a ton of amazing entrepreneurs, David Meltzer, Alan Deer from One Page Marketing Plan, like a lot of big name personal brands. I didn't realize how powerful it was when I first started. I shut that podcast down in 2020. I still get people today that are finding episodes and blog posts and are asking me to be a guest on the show that doesn't exist anymore. And that's all from SEO. So like the power of those keywords is so important. I actually tell my clients when they're launching the show, if they don't have a business already, to choose three to five keywords that they want to really rely on and use consistently. Like all your episodes, all your guests have to be tied into these keywords. That right there will make your show blow up. Like it's so unexpected. And it's one of those things that it doesn't happen day one. 
But out of nowhere, you can just start getting hundreds or thousands more downloads. And you're like, where did all these people come from? It's from SEO. It absolutely is. And SEO is a, it's a long-term strategy that grows and builds as you continue to implement it. So you start with those three to five keywords today, but remind yourself, you've only, you start with what? Three posts, right? You start with however many episodes you've got. Well, a year from now, you now have 55 posts that all are still surrounding those three to five keywords and all of the little sub keywords. And you're looking at it like, oh, hey, no wonder why Google likes me because I keep giving it new information and it give, I keep giving it new content and new things to feed to it. But I have this one beautiful little home called my website that it all points back to. And then when you do it right, if you're mentioning previous episodes and you've got those backlinks in there on yes. those other pages, and then you've got this like little lovely recycling thing happening, you guest on other podcasts and you include those episodes, mention your episodes in other people's podcasts, people like <laughs> mention it them, works. give them your links to those episodes. Now you've got external links going into, it's a process and it builds. But if you start there at the beginning, if you begin with that idea in mind, you, it is amazing how quickly it really can blow up. And I say quickly, relatively, again, it is a long <laughs> game, just like podcasting is a long yeah. game, but yeah. it doesn't have to be a year. You could see if you're really honing in on those keywords and you're really using an appropriate strategy there, again, all tied into your website, then you could be looking at explosive growth in three, four, five months versus yes. nine, 10, 12 months. I agree. That's what happened to me is in like a three month span, I just started taking off. Like, and that's why that ties into why I do three month seasons on my show now. Like for three months, I want to do 36 episodes, three episodes a week and focus on very specific keywords because I know with that amount of content, that consistent over that short period of time, I'm going to get a massive boost in whatever it is that I'm talking about. So I think that the SEO stuff really should go into the planning of your content, right? It should go into the planning of your episodes. And this is why I got to plug this on Pod Central. One of our features is when you upload your episode and you save it to your cloud folder, we have unlimited storage for all our users. You literally get your transcription. You get your AI title suggestions. You get the highlights that are like perfect AI highlights. It's better than anything I've ever seen. And you also get keywords. It'll tell you which keywords are the best for this specific episode. The fun thing is after you start doing three, four, five, six episodes, you realize, wow, I'm getting a lot of the same keywords. That's when you know your branding and your message is on point, right? I've been doing this myself literally the past week. I'm producing a 36 episode season alone using this tool. It saved me a ton of time but it's also tying into the long-term marketing play of the SEO. Cause now when I get that transcription, I can easily make it into my blog posts and I have the great keywords and I have a great title all from a simple automation that took like maybe 10 seconds. It is insane, insanely fast. So let me ask you about that. How do you feel like AI is going to impact the podcasting podcast website space? Honestly, I think so far what I've seen in the AI space has been brilliant because one of the things with podcasting as a whole 
is that one of the barriers is that it's so time consuming and it's time consuming to plan and it's time consuming to record. It's time consuming to edit, but more than anything, it is time consuming for the person who wants to talk their thoughts out to sit down and realize, oh, I have to write this too. Because as good as the Google crawlers are, they're not crawling the spoken word yet. They're starting to, they're getting there, they're coming into it. Yeah. Right now though, it's still crawling text. So everything that you've said, all of the wonderful thoughts you've got in your head that you're speaking out loud, you have to still create a written version of that, that makes sense. And that's still engaging and still brings people in without all of the emotion that you have and all of the visibility that you have in a video or how you speak something out. You have to put that into your writing and to be really engaging as someone who can speak their thoughts out and really engaging as a writer. Not a lot of people are good at both sides. So yeah. that AI piece is really help. It's helping with that engaging written aspect of it, which is really, it's so much of the marketing piece of your podcast, which you don't really have a podcast. If you're not marketing it, if you're not telling people about it, it exists, it's there, it's in the, it's in the other, but if nobody knows about it, then it becomes really hard to keep doing that lift of continuing that time consuming process of planning and talking and at releasing those episodes, like all of those things become a lot lighter when you're like, oh, I really am making the impact that I want to make. Because that's the one thing that I've noticed about like all podcasters, yeah. they're in it to make an impact. And to do that, you have to have those written words. And AI is really helping to take that piece of the heavy lift and make it a lot lighter. And I think that's really valuable because the blog post. I get so many good results from that. That's amazing. Like, it's crazy because I think, man, nobody's going to read this. And I have to ask myself, you know, what if they do? What if they actually sat down and read this thing? What would I want them to read? And then you realize that, like, you have to put out some good content because some people are paying attention. And I've gotten clients from that stuff. I think once you make money from doing something, you have a stronger belief in it. Once you get the outcome you want, you're like, okay, I believe in this now. Like a lot of people don't believe True. in podcasting until they see that, oh, you made that much money from a sponsorship deal. Oh, let me go and buy this microphone. And so I think that investing in a podcast website in the beginning, it might feel like it's a waste of time. It might feel like nobody's going to look at my website. It's not a big deal. I'm telling you, it is going to be one of the best investments you make because I like to break my marketing down in terms of short and long term. Short term is all the social media stuff, the posting long-term is that website and some other stuff, but that's the most important one. So let me ask you this. Uh, this is an important question. Do you believe that when a podcaster is promoting their episode, that they should use the link to listen to their episode on their website, or should they use Apple or Spotify or where, wherever people already listen? I fully 1,001 million bajillion percent believe they should point to their website. And I have great reason for this. Because your podcast player on your post that you just pointed them to allows them to subscribe in whatever podcast they're all in whatever podcast player they're listening in. Apple may still have the lion's share of the podcasting space, and but Spotify is right behind them, and they're mm -hmm. not the only one. There are countries where Apple and Spotify aren't the biggest, they're not the biggest players. 
there are countries where there are other players that are available and your podcast host is pushing out to all those players and letting you distribute your player from your podcast host lets them subscribe from all of there. Now, if anything, I would say, because it's not always completely obvious how people can subscribe. I was even just thinking about this morning. I think it'd be cool to have a little graphic that you always put up underneath your player and say, click here to subscribe to your favorite podcast player, which would be really neat because then you're showing them how to do it. But beyond that, again, your website is where your entire business, if you have a business behind it, it's where your entire business home is and you want to bring them back to your home. That's if you're out on social media, you want to bring them home. And that is not on Apple and it's not on Spotify because they've got a whole other set of clicks that they have to do to come back to your home. And I think this is true for hobby podcasters too. I was thinking about this. Oh, wait, before you get into that, you got to explain a little bit of what a hobby podcaster is because I want to make sure people know. I know, but let's make sure the listeners know it because I don't think that's a popular term just yet. Everybody doesn't get that. So what is a hobby podcaster? In in my personal opinion, because I do think that there are various definitions of this across the space, because that's one thing about podcasting. There aren't like set rules to the terms that we use. But in my opinion, a hobby podcaster is somebody who is podcasting, who does not have a business behind it, or is mm. not using their podcast as a business. So I... I say that, but then you've got all these true crime podcasts that are like, that is the business. But even for when I talk about it, I'm not using my podcast as a marketing tool for an existing service or product that mm. I am trying to promote or gain authority for in a space. Okay. Oh, see, I, I have to ask you because I call them entertainment podcasts that talk That's about hobbies that they like like they talk about pop culture or sports music movies whatever it is those i call entertainment because it's usually just for fun there's no business tied to it so i think there are a ton of those podcasts out there but yeah continue there are but i do think that this all applies to that hobby podcaster who doesn't necessarily have a business behind it because you're still looking to grow your brand even if it's for a hobby you have created a brand as you're talking about this hobby. And if you want more people to come to that brand, having that website behind it is still super important. Plus you're building that community. You're giving your community a home at that point. That's off of social media. That's away from all these places that can be taken from you as well. And you could still build that list and build that side of the community too. Even if it's, even if you just want to be able to say, Hey, these are all of the games that we were reviewing today. What are your thoughts? And you're able to give people a place to talk back to you. Yes. All of that can be done in your website. And I really think that it's important whenever you're creating any kind of brand, regardless of whether or not you're trying to monetize it, that you have that place that you can direct people back to, that you can give them the next steps to stay in your world. And your website is that place. Yeah, the website is just one of those things that, if you're taking it serious and you want to go to the next level with your podcast, if you want to get sponsored, if you want to sell products and services, whatever it is, once you're committed to the show, I think you have to build that website. No, you don't need to go and spend thousands of dollars, but you do need to commit to building a good website, something that's presentable and something that works. It has to work. No broken buttons everywhere. Like you want to make sure it works. So before we go, just a couple more quick questions. And this could be, this is rapid fire, right? Number one, what is your favorite thing about podcasting? I love that it gives so many people 
a platform to share their story, to share their beliefs, to share their loves, to share their thoughts. And there's such a low barrier to entry to do it. It's not like other forms of media. It's not like other forms of communication where they're very much siloed and you have to be a certain person or have come from a certain background to find a voice there. Podcasting is not that. And I love it. I also love that podcasting is audio and not video related because I hate pictures. I hate videos. <laughs> yes, we have video podcasting happening, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I have thoughts about that too, but that's a whole separate episode. Okay. <laughs> that's a good, that's a great answer. I like that. Next question. What is your favorite podcast that you're currently listening to? Oh my God. I listen to a lot of business related and like coaching related and mindset related podcasts. One of my absolute favorites is the dreamers manual podcast with Julie Calcote. She's just a brilliant OBM and I love the conversation she has. She doesn't have a set flow of questions. She doesn't even, she will know about you as you come in. And then as you're ask, saying things, she'll just dig a little bit deeper. And I love her questioning style. But one of my other like really big favorites that I'm constantly listening to is your, your effing welcome with Sarah Dan. <laughs> it's so good. I love how raw and real she is about all of her conversations. Those are some, those are two of my big favorites that I really like. I stay away from the big shows, although I do listen to Joe Rogan every now and again, because sometimes you just got to know what's going on in the world from right. some different locations. I'm with you on that. I don't listen to the bigger podcasts. Like I just, I don't know. They're not all that great to me. They're usually overproduced, overhyped. And then when you listen to it, it doesn't really give you anything. I don't get anything out of it. I'm not a person. This sounds, I know this sounds weird. I do this every three or four months. So I cycle through who I listen to in terms of content. I want to make sure I never get inside of like an echo chamber of my own thoughts and opinions. So I'm always on YouTube. I try to like, I call it delete my algorithm where I unsubscribe from 20 channels and hit not interested. I have to I'm do smart. that because it's just like, I want to go in. If I'm learning about something different and I'm focused over here, then I just, I have to consume different types of content. And I do that with podcasts, YouTube, with everything. Like it's just a cycle I go through. I need to do this with my emails. I like, I have this one email box for all of my marketing emails. And then I like now in a day I get 400 emails. I'm like, I really need to go through and just pick who I want to listen to these days. Yeah, but I, every, I did do that so bad. I saw somebody do it like a couple of years ago at like the end of the year. And I was like, you know what? I should do this every couple of months. And building my startup, it helped me a lot because I was able to shift based on at the learning point I was at. So instead of just trying to learn everything from this one person, they're really good at learn at talking about this one thing. I'm going to learn that. And then for this other part, I'll go to this person. Man, that has like literally changed my life. Just being able to learn in a different way. I think, I think that's a way we can get out of our own echo chambers and just hearing the same stuff we want to hear that makes us feel good. Like I want to listen to people I disagree with sometimes because I might learn something. That's just my crazy way of thinking. But I know I got to run. You got to run. Last question. If you could interview anybody, I'll give you three, right? You get three people. Who are you interviewing? Like any, they could be dead or alive. It could be anybody that you want. Who do you want to interview? I want to interview Jane Austen. 
I'm a huge romance reader. And to me, this is a huge, this is a point of contention in the romance community. But to me, <laughs> Jane Austen is like the birth of romance. I would also want to interview Russell Brand. I love the way his brain works and I love the way he has conversations and things like that. I would just, there are so many things I would want to dig into on just like how he goes about producing his show and getting information and things like that. He's really open, but at the same time, I'm like so curious. And then who else? I really want to like interview everybody and their brother. If you want to know the truth, like I, I love to learn. That's another thing I found about podcasts is actually, you know what? I would probably want to interview somebody like Bob Marley or Jimi Hendrix and just wow. learn about like that, just all that whole <laughs> world. All ah, I love actually, oh my gosh, to interview Jimi Hendrix would be amazing. Go way back. The way he yeah. plays guitar or played the way he played guitar. I say plays because I listen to him quite a bit, but I would love to interview <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. That's a good list. I like that. That's, that's a lot of variety. I think a lot of interest. <laughs> when you ask a podcaster like who they would interview, I think that tells you so much about them and their show and what they're making. It's just, it's so much more than what's your show about. That's a way better question because that lets me know where you want your show to go. Yeah. It's true. Although um, two of my people were dead. <laughs> I love history. Like one of my favorite things to watch is all about how they unearth historical artifacts. Yesterday I was watching a whole documentary about the Black Sea and unearthing in the sea, unearthing shipwrecks and things like that and seeing how far back they could go. Like, I think that's it's brilliant. It's fascinating to me. I'm always watching stuff about Egypt and the pyramids. Like I just, yes. I need to know more. I just need yes. to know more. I don't know enough. So The mysteries <laughs> of the pyramids need to be revealed. Come on. Just a, a bunch of useless information. I'll never use it. I just want to know just to know, man, we could go on forever about this stuff, but thank you for being here, man. This was a great conversation. This is amazing for me. Amazing for the listeners. Let the people know where they can find you, where they can work with you. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me. My website is quellscompanies.com, kwellscompanies.com. And I'm on Instagram, Quells Podcast Services, and LinkedIn and Facebook and all the places. I wish I could say they were all Quells Podcast Services, but they're not. But you want to know where they're linked? On my website. Website. I like it. All right. Thank you for being here. Thanks again. Thank you.